Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Sherman Arnowitz. Thanks for being on the show, Sherman. Thank you very much for having me, Whitney. For over 25 years, Keyhole Financial Services, under the leadership of Sherman, has been buying, selling, and managing distressed second mortgages. He has created numerous private funds, managing thousands of distressed second mortgage notes, and has continually paid out returns in excess of 20% to private investors. Uh, Sherman, pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to have you on the show. Grateful for your time and just being willing to share your 25 years of experience in this business with our our listeners syndicating private mortgages is not something we've talked about many times on the show, if ever. So grateful for just your level of experience and being willing to share it today. Give the listeners a little more about this business and how you got into this. And let's maybe back up a little bit to even what having a second mortgage or a distressed mortgage, what that is and how you've made a business out of that and why we need to know about it. Great. Well, again, I'm very excited to be here and I'm very excited to share my story with your listeners. I started about 25 years ago, and the funny story is my college roommate, who is my best friend, we graduated college, and he asked to borrow $5,000 for a real estate deal. And he told me, I'll pay you back within 30 days and a great interest rate. And 30 days came and went, and 60 days and six months and nothing. And I sadly lost the relationship and lost the $5,000. And 15 years later, I got a certified check in the mail for $5,000 and on the check was my roommate's phone number. And of course, I called him up and the first thing that I said was, okay, where's the interest? And we rekindled this relationship and I was kind of on the out selling one of my companies and he was telling me this story that there's banks out there and, you know, there's a first mortgage and then some people take out a second mortgage for a bathroom rehab or a kitchen or whatever it is. And the second mortgage space is exploding. And what happens is, is that when the borrower can't afford and just stops paying that second mortgage, the banks try, they send out letters, they do whatever they can. They don't really want to foreclose. And so what they're looking for is investors to buy these distressed second mortgage notes at heavily discounted rates. And so he said, hey, why don't I show you the ropes? At the time, he was bringing in about 200 second mortgage notes from a company called DiTech. And he showed me the ropes and I invested money with him. I invested if I remember right, about $100,000 with him. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, this is probably another one of his scams. I kept thinking something's going to happen. But lo and behold, I invested 100000 And within about two years, I got my $100,000 back. And another year later, I got another 100000 And it was just mind-boggling that there was this opportunity. And it was an opportunity with very little people knowing about this opportunity. It was a very well-kept secret. Maybe when we started, there was about 10 to 15 investors. And so it really was the wild, wild west. And so 
he started training me on how to do this. And after about a year and a half, two years, he said, look, I've done all I can for you. It's up to you now. You're going to do it on your own. And so I started doing it on my own. And the big decision that I had to make was, do I want to do this and just invest my own money? Or do I want to turn this into a business? And fortunately, I decided on the latter and turned it into a business. And so I would go to friends, relatives, business associates, and I would do my sales pitch whenever I would come across loans to buy. And these loans I was buying, I was buying them from banks, hedge funds, other investors. And so whether it be as small as 25 loans, I would create a fund up to 300 loans, I would create a fund. And so in the beginning, I would create these smaller funds and I would make my sales pitch. I remember one of the first ones that I did, it was for about 50 loans. And I went to my friend who was a lawyer and in the conference room, he had some of his other partners. And so there was about five or six people that I was making the sales pitch to at the very beginning. And as I'm going along talking about these 50 or 60 loans and the benefit of investing in them and who I was, et cetera, they were all nodding their heads. And at the end of the meeting, they were like, yeah, I think we're good. We'll each put up you know, $50,000. And in the back of my mind, it was funny. It was kind of like on this side of my shoulder was this guy whispering to me, like wanting to say, don't invest with me. I don't know what I'm doing. Are you sure you want to invest with me? And this guy was saying, of course, they want to invest with you. You're a great investor. You're going to make lots of money for them. So it really was a anxious moment that I wanted to do really well. It was one of my first funds. And that fund, we did really, really well. Even now, after 20, almost 25 years, when I do create a fund, you have that little conversation going back and forth. But we have managed to take if you average all of our funds, and like I said, it could be a 25-note fund up to 300-note fund, we've continually averaged between 20 and 30% annualized return on investment for the investors. And so we started doing this and creating these funds for accredited investors, and we would create an LLC and all SEC compliant, and we would manage the funds and it would be what we call an 80-20-50-50 split. So if you put up $100,000, we would pay out on a quarterly basis. Here's my income minus expenses. That net, you get 80%, I get 20% until you get your complete money back. And that would be between three and three and a half years. Once you got your money back, it would be a five-year fund. We would split the profits 50-50 after you got your complete money back. And even with that, we were managed to fall between 20 and over 20%, I would say. And so it's been very, very good. I've been managing to maintain and increase my pool of investors. You know, when you do right by them, we're probably on fund number 12. And when you do right by them, when you announce, hey, I've got another fund that's going on, a lot of them, hey, could I bring my golf buddy or can I bring my wife in this? And so it's been really well. So we have that for the accredited investor under Keyhole Financial. And then we also have a non-accredited investor fund where 
you who are not accredited, you're going to buy the notes. It's a $50,000 minimum. You're going to buy the notes. I'm going to find the notes for you. You're going to buy the notes in your name, and I'm going to be managing them as a consultant to W-2, and we're going to be doing that same split, 80-20-50-50. So it's been really well. About six years ago, I decided to create Keyhole Academy. And Keyhole Academy is an online education program which teaches investors that want to be more than passive. They want to be active investors. And so we teach them how to buy and milk the cow all by themselves. So it's an online course. It's 30 chapters. There's text, video, audio, quizzes, final exam, tons of homework. And so the student takes the course about three weeks and then at that time, they can either start investing by themselves in the second mortgage space, or I put together a private mentorship program. And that mentorship program is for those investors who are still a little leery about doing it by themselves. And so I came up with, you're going to buy five mortgage notes. They're going to be in your name. We're going to split the profits 50-50, but every step of the way, we're holding your hand. It's interesting, you know, just the second mortgage business. I feel like it's a lot of times just the way people are introduced to syndication there at first, they're like, wait a minute. I don't think so. You know, they're very skeptical. And that's the way I was too. I think about the second mortgage business, you know, it's just the unknown, right? You've never been exposed to it. And so it's interesting. I wanted to go back. I think your story of this friend is so interesting. You know, he borrowed the 5,000 and it kind of went bad, but then, wow, you know, that decision ultimately then changed your whole life life probably, you know, but your career path for sure. And now so many other people, it's so interesting how that happened and then got you into this industry. And now you've become obviously a major leader in that and helping so many people. But, you know, starting a second mortgage business, would you say, you know, if somebody's already doing syndications, would they be better off to do their own second mortgages like you're talking about? Or should they consider having funds like this so investors can invest on a large scale? I mean, I think 25 to 300, you know, that's kind of overwhelming, right? So what do you advise for that person that's looking to get into this business? That's a great question. And yeah, I'm a big believer in the universe. And the universe put my college roommate and I together, you know, 15 years later, and he did teach me. And I, in turn, created the academy to start teaching other people as well. And so I kind of geared this up, Whitney, to set it up as a menu that if you're the type of person that, you know what, I'm so busy doing A, B, C, D, yeah, I'm going to be a passive investor. Here you go. Here's 100000 Here's $300,000 go for it. Versus we have people that want to do it and learn as a supplement to their regular income, their regular job. And we have some students that are in it that they want to replace their regular job. They want to turn this into a career. So each option is available depending on where you are in your life and what your expectations are as far as what you want whether, like I said, it's supplemental or a career change, or you don't want to be involved and you just want to be a passive, we have the funds and the opportunities for either of those. What are some of the differences for the passive investor, say investing in a multifamily syndication versus you know, a second mortgage fund? I don't know that much about what's entailed in that multifamily. A lot of our students are in the real estate business and they're house flippers they're renters, 
And the difference between what they do and what we do is night and day. And it's to the betterment of what we're doing. In 20-something years, I've never seen a property. I buy the second mortgages all across the United States. Sometimes when I tell people what I do, they go, oh, that's terrible. You kick people out of their house. And I say, no, 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 just the opposite. I keep people in their house. So when I buy a $30,000 second mortgage and I buy that mortgage for $5,000, I now have the opportunity because I bought at such a heavily discount, hey, borrower, you owe me $30,000. Your monthly mortgage is six hundred. dollars The last time you paid was five years ago. What's going on? How can we work together? And so depending on where they are in life, okay, you can't afford $600. What could you afford? $200? Great. They don't know that I paid $5,000. Let's put you on an ACH program, $200 a month. We'll do it for six months. At the end of six months, we'll revisit, and maybe we'll turn this into a permanent loan modification. So as long as they're paying, I don't speak to them anymore. The $200 is coming in at the end of six months. We'll do a loan modification. We'll lower the interest. We'll extend out the term of it. Maybe we'll forgive a little bit. And now all of a sudden, I have a viable second mortgage that went from non-performing, it's been five years since they made a payment, to now I have a re-performing note. I have six months history. And maybe I'll wait another six months. Now I have 12 months pay history. And now I'll put it out in the marketplace and say, hey, everybody, I have a re-performer with 12 months pay history. Okay, give me your bids. Maybe I'll probably get anywhere from nine to $11,000. Well, I paid $5,000 for that note. So my decision is either keep the note and use it as an annuity or sell it or hold on to it for another year, which I could probably two to two and a half times sell that note now as a performing note. So when you say, what's the difference? A lot of people are shocked when they're looking to get into this business. They think, oh my God, it's going to take so much of my time. I don't want to No, it really doesn't take, if I buy five notes, the most I'll work is when I do the due diligence up front. If I get a spreadsheet and I'm looking at 25 notes and I pare that down to five that I'm interested in and I put a bid on those five, let's say I only get two out of those five. All right, I spent two hours on the research. Now I have those two. I probably have to spend another hour getting them ready and filing with the county and blah, blah, blah probably another hour of skip tracing and finding them and talking to them. And depending what they say, I'm done with the note. So there's a lot less touching. There's a lot less hands-on. You don't have to be there in the same city, you know, checking up on anything. And the beautiful thing is you need a phone and you need a computer. What are the tax benefits for passives to invest in a second mortgage? I don't know. I'm not an accountant, but what I can tell you is that they are amortized. And so each one is amortized. And so there's a tax advantage when you are amortizing as well as the ones that don't make it where you lose that $5,000. There's some tax benefits on that as well. For the passive investor that's looking to invest with someone that's, like you mentioned now, there's a lot of people that are doing this. When they're looking to invest in a fund like this that's purchasing private mortgages or second mortgages, what are some questions that they need to ask about that operator or about the fund? Great question. I would say, what's your track record? I would then say, what's your philosophy? Some investors, as soon as they buy the notes, they start foreclosing on the notes. And so 
it doesn't even matter in most states, the average you're going to spend on a foreclosure is about between six and $8,000. My philosophy is these people that have these problems with the notes, they've kind of been crapped on most of their life in a financial setting. So why not kind of talk to them, find out what's going on. We'll eventually get to a point where we have to decide, look, we've done all that we can. Does it make sense to foreclose? And that space is maybe about three to four months where you're calling them, you're sending letters, you send a door knocker, et cetera, et cetera. We'll get to that time where we'll decide whether we want to foreclose or not. So that's one way, that's one question to look at. Well, what's your philosophy when you're dealing with these loans? Another, obviously, is what's your track record? Another is, and I tell my potential investors all the time, what's the worst that can happen? Well, the worst that could happen is we could buy 20 notes and all 20 notes crap out and you lose everything. Has that happened in 25 years? No. Even during the depression of 2008, I remember I had one fund that was uh, about 75 loans and I bought those notes in 2005, 2006, and they each had tremendous equity. And we got a lot of them performing. And then obviously 2008 came along and that equity just disappeared. And we were able to probably get back about 80% of everyone's money. But the realization in this business, it's not for the faint hearted, because if I buy, whether I buy five notes, 50 notes, or 500 notes, there's going to be a certain percentage of those notes that are going to be foreclosed on by the first mortgage. Remember, we're in the second position, not the first position. So if the borrower isn't paying the first and he's not paying me in that scenario, the first is going to foreclose 9.9 times out of 10, there's no surplus of funds. And so I'm out. I lost my investment in that same breath. Hey, I don't want a second mortgage anymore. I want to do a short sale. Okay. You owe me $60,000. Tell you what, if you can pay me within 60 days, I'll do it for $50,000 okay, here's a check for $50,000. All right, we paid $4,000 for that note. So as much as on one side you are losing and taking a risk with those foreclosures because you're in second position, the numbers are in your favor. We're going to virtual Vegas and we're constantly gambling to a certain degree, but we want to hedge our bets. And when we throw all these loans into a swimming pool, at the end of the day, it's coming out over 20%. That's really all I care about. How do you prepare for a downturn? In this environment right now, the downturn was what can we expect from our several hundred borrowers? And we probably had about 10% that would call up and they would ask for extensions. Hey, could I take a couple months off? And of course, you can take a couple months off. So that's really the only downturn that we saw. We didn't really see many people saying, hey, I can't pay you anything. And you know, a lot of people ask me, well, what's going on with the pandemic now? You guys must be crazy busy. And the truth is, the loans that are going to be defaulted now that these borrowers are in trouble now, we won't see those loans for another three to five years. 
because the government's put a hold on the banks foreclosing on them now. Once they release that hold, the banks have their own internal processes. And then once they decide if they are going to foreclose, they'll either foreclose or try to sell it to investors like myself. But in some states, it could take anywhere from one to five years to foreclose. So we won't see these pandemic loans for another three to five years. And you said like three to five years. What do you predict over the next, say, six to 12 months in this industry? Are you ready to buy or is it something, you know, you got to wait for numerous years now for this to cycle? What we're doing now is we're in our time machine and we go backwards and we're buying loans that were originated in the early 2000s. And there's still trillions of dollars of these loans available. The only thing that's holding those loans from being released are the bank's bureaucratic notion that, you know, one of the things is that, A, the banks created our industry because had the banks had the forethought to say, well, maybe we could do a loan modification and maybe we could give this guy an extra six months. Maybe we could do this. They didn't want to do that. They couldn't do that. And so they created our industry. And so, Right now, banks are a little conservative because they don't want it to come back to haunt them. In one sense, banks only have a certain amount of money to lend. And so they want to write these bad loans off their books. So it's kind of, to a certain degree, they need to get rid of those loans. And so that's why there's always an influx of these loans. I just purchased 200 loans from a large hedge fund. I'll take those 200 loans and half of them are for private fund people and the other half are for my students under the Keyhole Academy umbrella. Nice. Sherman, what's a way you've recently improved your business that we could apply to our business? Especially during this pandemic, I've learned and it's given me the opportunity to trim the fat. I didn't trim the fat per se because of the COVID-19, but really giving the opportunity to look and reevaluate my business and see where I am right now and take stock of where I am right now and where I want to be. Where should my focus be and where am I doing something that I might like to do it? And that's the reason why I'm doing it, but is that really where I should be putting my energy. So this time has really given me the opportunity to really reevaluate what I'm doing, where I am, and where my priorities are. What's your best source for meeting new investors right now? I'm talking to him. I'm on Facebook and I do Facebook ads and social media and stuff like that, but there is nothing better than a podcast with an honorable accredited interviewee who's got a great, we were talking before about trust, who's got a great audience. And that's by far the number one. What's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? Being a good listener, as well as being fair and honest and building a good reputation. You know, I believe that to be successful in business, you have to be self-disciplined and Aaron, almost especially in real estate business or almost any business. But what about yourself? How have you worked on self-discipline or are there a couple habits or things that you do, say, on a daily basis that the listener could do today or improve on to improve their self-discipline and be disciplined about something so they move their business further ahead? I've always been in my other businesses as well. There's a part of me that has defined how I want to live my life and the lifestyle that I have. And with that, I'm not going to be working 20 hours a day. I've built my business as well as other businesses so that 
20 years ago, whatever, I could come home and be with my children and I could go to their ball games and I could do these things. And part of the reason why I created Keyhole Financial Services is that it's a computer and it's a phone. So I could be anywhere in the world so that I could benefit of that type of lifestyle. And I think there's always been, I remember having a challenge within myself of, well, how do I know when I work hard? What measure do I do? And I remember going out to lunch with this guy and he said, man, I've been working like a dog. And I turned to him, I said, help me out here. What does that mean? Because I wanted to compare that against myself. And he said, well, last week I probably put in about 45 hours. And in his mind, that was working like a dog. And so we all have to kind of come to terms with what our values are, our lifestyle values, what our work ethic and work values are, and how they meet. I used to feel so guilty if I would take the afternoon off. And then I've come to terms with that to say, I have the ability that I can take the afternoon off. So make it a great afternoon. I like that. I like that. You got to know how you spend your time. And if you can take the time off, make it a great afternoon. I love that. Uh, How do you like to give back? I went to three astrologists once and they said, you're a performer and you're a giver, a teacher. And A, I'm a musician and I love to write music and I love to perform, but also I love giving back of my time to students, even the borrowers that I can have a conversation and I could have a relationship with the borrowers, listening to them, giving suggestions to them, helping them out. So I really enjoy doing that. Sherman, it's been a pleasure to get to know you and to have you on the show. I'm just grateful for your being willing to share your knowledge and experience of the second mortgage business and even syndicating 300 at a time. It's hard for me to imagine, but I'm grateful for your time and grateful that there's an option for investors to be able to do this with people like yourself as well. But tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. Just check out our website. It's a great start. It's Keyhole, K-E-Y-H-O-L-E, financial.com. It's a great start to look there. We've got lots of information on there. I have YouTubes. I'm on YouTube, lots of videos there, but that's a great start. And of course, feel free to give me a call. Love to speak to everybody. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.